I kept that habit. I did not buy the extra things Mm -hmm. that people looking at my salary would have been like, oh, but you could totally afford Mm -hmm. that. I I mean, yeah, sure. But I have a mission right now. And so I was basically living like a broke law student. (laughs) I was living that way, but I was using all the excess to very intentionally throw at my debt. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. Today, I have Cindy Zuniga Sanchez, who is on talking to us a little bit about being a daughter of two immigrants and paying off over $215,000 in 48 months. Cindy is the founder of Zero Based Budget Coaching LLC, and after graduating law school in 2015, she found herself in six figures worth of debt. She took control of her money by immersing herself in the world of personal finance and paid it all off in 48 months. Cindy's story is incredibly inspiring to really anyone and everyone that might have debt. No matter how much you have, you're going to love this episode. Let's dive in. Welcome, Cindy, to the Inspire Budget Podcast. I am so happy that you decided to jump on and share your story with the listeners today. Oh, thank you, Allison. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. So you and I are going on the same journey together right now. We were talking about it a little bit, a little bit beforehand. So if you don't know, Cindy is also writing a book. You got a book deal with Wiley Publishers as well. Congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations to you too. Thank you. So Cindy and I text each other often as like <laughs> just keeping each other motivated to write whenever we don't really feel like it and meet our deadlines, all the things, but we have something else in common, which is our debt payoff story. The fact that we both had a lot of debt over six figures of debt and or six figures of debt and paid it off. So I want you to share your story. I think it's so motivating about doing the unthinkable paying off $215,000 in 48 months. So I want you to tell us about that. But before we dive in, I want you to take us back to a little bit about your relationship with money, just where you found yourself, how you found yourself interacting with money at a younger age. And then also as you went into college. Growing up, I'm the daughter of immigrants. Uh, My parents immigrated from Latin America in the seventies, very typical immigrant story came to this country with absolutely nothing in pursuit of the American dream. And with that came a lot of financial struggles growing up. I didn't, we we didn't have a lot of the luxuries that a lot of people I believed in American households had, right? Like a washer and dryer at home, a microwave, cable television, like things like that. You know, I, I didn't have those types of things growing up. And really what my parents focus was, was uh, getting food on the table and making sure that we had a good education. That was really their mission. And with that, unfortunately, didn't really come many money conversations. I understood that I needed to save money. And I understood generally that debt was bad, but that was about it. Like I didn't really know, excuse me, like how to manage my money. I knew absolutely nothing about credit or investing. Like let's not even get into those. Oh my gosh. Those were like a foreign language, right? Like, I mean, that is just totally separate. So unfortunately growing up, I, I didn't really have much financial literacy. I didn't get much of that in school either. Unfortunately, I don't think many of us did get that in school, that edu- that financial education that we, we should have received in high school, throughout college. And so really where I found myself was having graduated law school mm-hmm. in 2015, 
with over $215,000 of debt and not knowing how the heck I was going to pay it off. Yeah. <laughs> like just not, not even that I didn't know how I was going to pay it off, but that I, I didn't even know where to start. Yeah. Like, how do you even start when it comes to that kind of large mm-hmm. amount for some background for your listeners? I graduated law school in 2015 uh, with a job offer at a prestigious law firm here in New York city. I was able to get one of those coveted big firm, fancy jobs where my starting salary was $160,000 a year. So now the starting salaries for attorneys are much higher, but Mm -hmm. back then, seven years ago, uh, that was the starting salary. And that was more money, Allison, than, I I mean, I'm talking about easily four times as much as like my father ever made in a year. Mm -hmm. And so the, the shift, also the dynamic between growing up in a very low income household to now at the age of 26, having a job as an attorney with that kind of salary. That was something also that I needed to like deal with emotionally, not just like, you know, oh yeah, I have this money now, but like really on an emotional level, knowing that my parents never earned that Mm -hmm. anything near that. And so for me, Really, I think what made me committed to I am going to pay this off is the fact that, yes, this debt number is extremely high, higher than my salary, even my six figure salary. But I have no excuse Mm. because I have the salary. I'm going to not just pay off this debt. I'm going to pay it off as quickly as I can, because then I know that once I'm able to, I'll be able to help my parents financially. Okay. And that was my big motivation. Wow. I love, I love that you used your parents as your motivation because I used my child as my motivation, right? Mm. I think so many people are motivated by their own children, but I think we forget that past generations can be our motivation at times, Um, whether to help them or whether to just say, Hey, I'm in a different place and I have a different skill set, or I have different opportunities that maybe they didn't have. And so I want to make sure that I'm improving future generations and and being inspired by my past generation. But I do, I want to know, because I want to go back to your, your parents didn't teach you about this. Mm -hmm. Is it because they, they didn't know? Is it because they were trying to figure out on their own? I mean, what was going on in the house? Is it because they had no time because they were working so hard? It's because they didn't know. I mean, my, my parents, they didn't know the language. So communicating even just with financial institutions like banks, that was a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, I would serve as the interpreter often when it came to going to banks, going to the doctor's office, going to people that were preparing the taxes. Like at the age of eight, I was serving as interpreter for these things for my parents. So for my parents, a lot of it was the language barrier. And it was also the just simply not knowing. Mm -hmm. And I would say that my parents, even though we were low income, my parents never fell into consumer Mm -hmm. debt. They were very anti credit card debt or, you know, that kind of debt, because for them, they had this sort of, they had like a a big sense of pride Mm -hmm. in that, well, if we don't have it, we're just, we just can't we can't get it. Like, that's it. Like we are not entitled to anything in this country. It was like a very, like a sense of like reverence. Mm -hmm. Like they were very kind of like, I'm just so happy to be here type of thing that we're not going to take anything that's not ours. 
And it was a lot of that was rooted in this sort of maybe like immigrant guilt that they had this again, just I'm so happy to be here honored that you would that you would have me I'm going to do everything like by the book so to speak not realizing that everyone around them was taking yeah. on debt to afford these things but with that said of course I am happy that my parents uh, steered away from falling into those cycles uh, of consumer debt and I mean unfortunately that was not enough for me <laughs> Not to fall into consumer debt mm-hmm. because about twelve or thirteen thousand dollars of my debt was credit mm-hmm. card debt. It was yeah, it was essentially unnecessary yeah. debt. Did you did you off. find yourself? I mean, you go to you go to college and your parents work so hard. They put you in school, right? Mm-hmm. They they do it by the book, by their book of what they need to do to yes. set their children up for a different life. And hey, look at you! I mean, they did an amazing job. <laughs> Can we just first take a moment to talk about? even though they came here not knowing the language, not having all of the knowledge about how to do some of these things and, and the ability to communicate, communicate, they were obviously smart people, very wise, yeah. very respectful, yeah. and they did it. They raised you and you have a sister too, right? Two, two sisters, sisters, yeah, two older two sisters. Older sisters mm-hmm. And they clearly set you guys up for a mm-hmm. different yeah. life, which is just so beautiful in and of itself. But- I want to talk about you going to college, getting this high paying, I mean, just crazy high paying job and going Mm -hmm. from one extreme with your money, where you grew up to the next, what, did you ever feel pressure to live a different life or, or how did, how did you do that? Because I think that's very uncommon for people to go from this one extreme to the next. And you did that. In law school, I practically made no income. And I go from that to making a salary of $160,000 to start, you know, when I started in, in, at my law firm. And for me, there was a lot of pressure from classmates, Mm -hmm. from just what I saw with my work colleagues to live an elevated lifestyle, Mm -hmm. to live like a lawyer. Yep. It's now time to look like a lawyer, to live like a lawyer, have the fancy apartment in New York City. You need to present yourself. You need to present yourself. Present your elegance and money. Yeah, like how you dress, everything, everything. There was that pressure. But for me, I knew what it was like to not have those Mm -hmm. things. So for me, it wasn't really avoiding the temptation, of course. You know, that was difficult. We're human, right? 26 year old living in New York city. Of course I want to have the really fancy Mm -hmm. apartment. I don't want to do all these things, but I didn't, I, I stayed at my studio apartment in Harlem and where I was paying 1150 a month in rent here in New York city. That's like unheard of (laughs) penny unheard of for a studio apartment in Harlem. That's unheard of. I mean, a studio apartment in Harlem now will easily cost you like $2,000. That's where I chose to stay. And it was a walk up. And of course I lived on the fourth or fifth floor. (laughs) I did not have a washer dryer in my building period. So I needed to leave my building across the street to go to the laundromat. But those are like little sacrifices. I would bring my lunch to work Monday through Thursday. And then Friday would be like my treat day. Mm. I forced myself to stay on course by keeping the habits that I had built either because of need, like sheer need. You know, when I was in law school, I had to pack my lunch 
because I couldn't afford to buy lunch near my law school. I went to law school downtown New York city, Mm -hmm. near the village where everything is extremely expensive. I mean, a lunch will easily cost you 15 to $20. I couldn't afford that. I did not have the money to pay for that. So I needed to pack my lunch. I got really good at learning how to pack breakfast, lunch, and snacks to go to Mm -hmm. school. And I just kept that habit up. Even as a first year lawyer, even as a second year, as a third year, like throughout my debt payoff journey, I kept that habit. I did not buy the extra things that people looking at my salary would have been like, oh, but you could totally afford Mm -hmm. that. I I mean, yeah, sure. But I have a mission right now. And so I was basically living like a broke law student. (laughs) I was living that way, but I was using all the excess Mm -hmm to very intentionally throw at my debt. So how much excess each month, even if it's just like percentage wise, were you able to send to debt? I would say like 50% of my net income. Yeah. I would say like 50% of my take-home pay was going straight to my debt. Okay. And that was a lot. Um, Just to put it into perspective, this number might like totally freak out your listeners. My minimum payment was $3,000. That was your minimum payment? Yes. Oh, yes. My My minimum payment was more than my rent, groceries, utilities. It was more than all of that combined. Oh my goodness. Today's episode is brought to you by my free debt-free roadmap. If you have debt and you're trying to become debt-free, you know that it's sometimes a little bit overwhelming to figure out how to reach your end goal. And sometimes paying off debt is not as simple as it seems, which is why you need a roadmap fast. In this free debt-free roadmap, you're gonna get the seven easy steps to follow that will set you up for actual success on your debt-free journey And I'll be sharing with you the three most common mistakes holding people back from paying off debt so that you can avoid them every single month. Plus, you'll get free resources sent straight to your inbox every single week. Go to inspirebudget.com slash debt free to get instant access or click the link in my show notes right now. From your experience, knowing lawyers, do most lawyers keep this debt around for a while? Do they have their student loans for a long time? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, the thing is that a lot of times people, they hear my story and they're like, well, of course you paid her off in that amount of time. You have, you're yeah. a lawyer. You have this salary. Like, of course you did that. But then it's like, but you don't understand mm-hmm. what actual lawyers, regular lawyers do. They don't pay their debt off in yeah. three, four five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them don't even pay it off in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I personally know lawyers that have had law school debt for 10, 15 yeah. years that for them, they treat it as like the way that you would treat kind of like your utility yeah. bill. Like, oh, it's just always going right. to be there. It's like this acceptance. And the reason why is because a lot of times what happens is people fall, and I'm not just limiting this to mm-hmm. law, you know, whether you work in finance, you're a doctor or whatever other field you may be in, you may find yourself in the, in the place where you're like, you know what? I deserve yes. this. I deserve this more luxurious mm-hmm. lifestyle. And so, yeah, I took on that debt, but I'm going to kind of put that to the mm-hmm. side. I'm going to do the minimum that I have to, and then I'm going to just live yes. life on my own terms. And look, if that 
that's for you, then that's for you. That was not yes. for me though. It was not for me because for me, I really wanted to free myself mm-hmm of that mountain of debt. I wasn't going to have anyone else help me financially. Not my boyfriend, now husband at the time, my parents, my siblings, no one was going to help me financially pay off this debt. It was a hundred percent on me. Yes. And so I said, no, I, I'm going to get rid of this. And, and so for anyone that listens to my story, I think the best piece of advice I can give to anyone, no matter where your income is, no matter how much debt you have is to make a plan. Mm -hmm. That's really what it comes down to. I'm not saying that you too are going to pay off your debt in four years or that you too can tackle $215,000 the same way that Mm -hmm. I did. Right. Because I don't know your situation, but what I will ask is, do you have a plan? Because once you have a plan, then you have something, something written down that you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to use to follow through because that's what I did. I actually wrote down a plan and my original plan was to pay it off in five years because the government was, the U S government was telling me, girl, you're going to pay this off in 10 years. Uh, and I said, absolutely Forget not. you government. I re- <laughs> I refused. Like, what? What is it? The um, studentaid.gov. They were like 120 months, and I said, "No, thank Take you." That America. <laughs> exactly. You know. And then I, I said, "No, I'm going to do it in half mm-hmm. that time. I'll do it in five years." So that was my original plan: five years. But I wanted yeah. to paint it off in. Three years. Oh my gosh, three, four, four, four years. Four years. Okay, yeah. so you've mm-hmm. you touched on so many things. First off, <laughs> hold on. So you were saying that like these high-paying jobs, right? Doctors, lawyers, financers, like finance yeah. people, have this desire to they they feel entitled, right? They feel like I deserve it. Okay. Yeah. As someone who did not ever make that mo- type of money. I still felt that way. I think even teachers, yeah. even any, anyone that even makes just a normal job, you just feel like I've worked so hard. I worked hard in college. I worked hard and now I'm finally making some money. I deserve mm-hmm. to enjoy it. I deserve. And it's that, it's that feeling of, of deserving that allows us mm-hmm. to justify not mm-hmm. putting in the effort and the work to pay it off. And be, because yeah. we, because we, we want to enjoy it. We want to enjoy our money. So I can, Exactly. So I can say that the same thing is true for those that make less than a hundred thousand dollars. And when I think about it, you were making, you said 160,000. So Mm -hmm. my husband and I were making about half of that combined, like 80,000, 85,000. And our debt was half of yours. So if you think about Mm -hmm. it, numbers wise, you're saying a lot of people Mm -hmm. say, well, of course she paid it off, but your debt was so much more. So our family, you know, had the same, I mean, just in terms of like exponentially the same size, I mean, you know, it's the same type of situation, just smaller numbers. It's still difficult. We still had to sacrifice. We still had to make this decision. And so for you, you know, your minimum payments were 3000, mine were 1400. Right. So it's mm. so interesting to see yeah. that it was literally double yeah. and it was almost on the same time period. We paid ours off in four and a half years. So yeah. it's, it's very interesting to me to see that people are always going to come at you no matter what. I mean, oh, they're, they're going to come at you no matter what. And anyone who's listening right now, they're going to come at you no matter what. I mean, people came at me as a teacher. Why would you pay off your debt? Your student loan debt's better for your taxes. Why would you pay off your debt? It might be forgiven one yeah. day, teacher right. forgiveness. They're going to come at you no matter what. But the good thing is that once you have a plan, like you said, a plan, then it's easier. You can ignore those. And and that's what I found too, is having a plan freed up my mental space 
my, I used less mental energy because I I literally just had to follow steps and it's so much easier. (laughs) I mean, a lot of times we stress out about what we don't know, Mm -hmm. what we don't have control of. And I think that that is one way to help manage the stress that you might have when it comes to debt is to actually just have a plan, like write it down. What is your debt payoff plan? Whether you have $50,000 of debt or four mm-hmm. times that amount, yeah. like I did. A lot of times I have had friends, coached clients that they graduate from med school with dollars $350,000 of debt. Yeah. I mean, these are astronomical numbers, but then you look at the profession that they're in, you look at their earning potential and you just start getting very realistic with yourself and saying, okay, given all this information, what can you do? What can you aim for in year one Mm -hmm. of paying it off? What about year two? What about year three? Are there any bonuses that you have Mm -hmm. coming up? Are there any promotions that you have coming up? Uh, Did you get an unexpected higher tax refund? You know, like these are all things that you can think about. And look, it's not to say that you need to deprive your Mm -hmm. life either. Even while I was paying off debt, I still make time, of course, for my loved ones. I still made opportunities to to travel, to do things that I enjoy. But I was very, very intentional Mm -hmm. about it. Uh, I think that's why that's the thing. A lot of times we say, oh, we deserve it. And this we deserve it mentality justifies poor decisions. That's not what we want to do. Yes. So instead of saying I deserve it, because I think that's totally normal to want to feel that way. And and for that to enter your mind, you deserve And Everyone says it. You deserve this. You deserve that. Instead of thinking that say, of course, I deserve everything in the world. My worth is, is unlimited, right? I am, I am worth everything, but I'm going to be intentional with what I choose to spend my money on. So instead of saying I deserve everything, just say, okay, of course I deserve everything in the world, but I'm going to be intentional about what I actually bring into my world. Because I think that that gives us back, yeah, it gives us back the control, like you were saying the control. So I love it. I love that you have obviously like the first step is to create a plan a simple plan that you can follow. I think that that's really helpful. And I think it's, I won't, I won't say it's the hardest step, but I would say it's a necessary step. It's absolutely necessary. You need to, you need to, otherwise you're not going to, you're, you're not going to achieve the goal that you set out for yourself. If you don't actually have systems in place, allow you to achieve that goal. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So before we move on to our, my favorite section, which is our questions, where can our listeners learn more about you, Cindy? Yeah. So you can follow me on my social media, Instagram. I have, I'm at zero based budget. My website is zero dash based budget.com. And yeah, just connect with me on there. Uh, I'm very much in this intense book writing phase of my life, but I'm hoping that soon it'll calm down and I'll be able to be a little bit more active on my socials yes. the way that I was. Yes. Well, I think by the time this airs, you will be almost done. When is your manuscript due? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> when is your manuscript due? It's ends of okay, May. Okay. Yeah. So this is coming out in the middle of May. So Oh, You'll be fantastic. so, so if you're listening, go send Cindy. She's in the, like the time, the final time period. Yeah. Go send her an encouraging message on Instagram. Just say you yeah, can do this. Yeah, because I'm probably like crying yes. right now. Just so. say you got this. <laughs> if you can pay off $215,000 worth of debt in New York city, you can write a book, Cindy. I believe it. I, oh, goodness. I accept it. 
actually changing it up. This is the first episode where I'm asking a different, one of the questions is different and more exciting. So the first question is what is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do? I want to live abroad for at least a year. Do you you know where? Yeah. So my husband really likes Portugal, uh, like Lisbon. I really like Barcelona. Mm -hmm. So anything in maybe that I also really love Amsterdam. So I, I just, I love the European style of living in terms of like no cars, good, solid public transportation. I'm obviously from New York city. I do not have a car. I rely (laughs) on public transportation and just this like walkability, having a high mm-hmm. walkability score that matters to me. And, and so, uh, I would love to do that just for like a year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, why not, but I don't know how realistic that is. Say, in the term, do you want to do that yeah. soon? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to be able to do it maybe by the time I'm 40 mm-hmm. or who knows, maybe when I turn 40, when we turn 40, we're the same age. So yeah. We'll see. Um, I think we have some years though, just because a lot of our work is very, you know, New York Mm -hmm. focused, especially my husband's, but yeah, that's probably at the top of my bucket list is to be able to live in Europe for a year. So cool. Okay. So the second question is my new question. It's what's one money mistake you've made that you would tell everybody to avoid. Oh my gosh. I have made so (laughs) many. So just one, Um, we just want one. I have made so many, but you know what? I will say something that I did not do Mm -hmm. that I, that, that I do consider a money mistake is not opening up a Roth IRA when I had like my campus job, Mm -hmm. even, you know, I could have opened one back when I was 18 and had that money just invested just little by little. I definitely could have done it. I totally could have sent one or $200 every mm-hmm. paycheck into a Roth IRA to start investing for retirement. Uh, and especially doing so at, you know, the younger, yes. the better. So that's something that th- the big mistake there to avoid is, is feeding into this notion that like, oh, retirement is so far yes. away. Like you don't need to worry about that. No, go mm-hmm. ahead and, and get those investments going uh, at an early age. I really wish I would have opened up a Roth IRA much, mm-hmm. much. I, I'm the same way. I wish I had as well. I didn't open up my first yeah. Roth IRA until I was 28. And I'm like, what yeah. was I thinking? What was I? And, yeah. and I just didn't know. Right. I, I didn't know. I didn't have well, exactly telling me same. to do it. So if you same. are 18 and listening to this, you're pro- probably not listening to this. You're probably listening to something else, but if you are open it up, if <laughs> you are a parent and you have a child, oh, open yes. up one for them, a custodial Roth IRA, or like if you have a, a young adult child, just say, mm-hmm. this is a life requirement. You must do this. <laughs> Leave it at that. Yeah. It's yeah, and that's it. Just do yeah, it. Just do it. <laughs> just like Nike says. Okay. And the last yeah. one, just finish this sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is travel. Oh yes. I love, I love traveling. I love traveling to new places with my husband. Mm -hmm. I love learning about people's culture, their music, their food, the museums. I love hiking in new places. Mm -hmm. Like travel is the one thing that I don't have any regrets on like spending my, you know, spending my money on. So yeah. Hands down. Perfect. Do you have any upcoming trips planned? Well, yes. The next month, actually, I'm going to Cancun for a friend's bachelorette, Uh, actually Playa del Carmen. I've never been, Mm -hmm. so that'll be, that'll be fun. And then hopefully in the summer, being able to, to, to go in, uh, to go to Europe with with my husband. We want to go to Portugal, Paris, 
and uh, the south of Spain. Wow, so, I will. So hopefully we'll be able to do that last year. That was actually our plan to do last year. But of course, right. the pandemonium. Right. Well, we're going to cross our fingers that it's all going to work out and that you get to take your trip. So yeah, thank you. Yes. Thank, you. thank you so much for joining us, Cindy. I'll link <laughs> to all of your social media, all of your website, like your website, everything down below so that way people can connect with you. Thanks, Allison. Bye. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Cindy. If you are not following her already, be sure to go follow her. And like I said, encourage her a little bit on her book writing journey, because I can promise you it's not easy. Ultimately, I hope that this episode helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. If you're enjoying it, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.